Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you that you have just as much potential as others. I'll also be interviewing author and internationally known speaker, Charlie Harari, who's going to be reviewing his book, Unlocking Greatness, The Unexpected Journey from the Life You Have to the Life You Want. This book will revolutionize your life and help you realize that every moment is full of greatness. For more information on Charlie and to purchase his book, please visit unlockinggreatnessbook.com. You may also purchase Unlocking Greatness on Amazon or in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Recognizing your potential. When we're children, we understand our place in the world. We're often disciplined by our parents and at school, we learn how the world works. But unfortunately, it can also teach us in the negative, meaning sometimes we limit ourselves. School will often separate us into different types of groups. For example, the quote, cool kids, the band kids, the smart kids, the jocks, the loners. There's all these different types of groups that are created when we are in school. And we often will determine our value based on what group we're in or maybe what group we're not in. And then as we get older, that same mentality happens at work how much money we make, what type of university we went to, what type of job we have. Unfortunately, sometimes those things can really determine our value or our worth. When you strip all that away, what's left? One of the things about lifeology is it really helps people recognize that we all have a lesson to teach each other. We all have some value that we can give to others. Regardless of where you are in life, you have an amazing gift to teach other people. You have a story to share with others. We're all connected by our emotions. We all experience joy. We all experience pain, sadness, loneliness, heartache. So regardless of what life brings us, we're all connected together by our emotions. It doesn't matter if you live on the other side of the world. It doesn't matter if if you're the neighbor to somebody. We all experience the same things. The reason why I say this is I really want us to recognize that regardless of what life has brought, we all are the same in that respect. So the people who you idolize, the people you see on TV, they are just like you. And I wanted to create a little bit of a foundation before you hear this amazing interview with Charlie Harari, who's going to help you really recognize how great you are, how to live a life of greatness, how to always embody that mentality of the great, amazing, wonderful person you are. So today, 
Really look at the people around you and recognize that you're just as great as they are. It doesn't matter how the world views them. You are exactly like them. You already have exactly what you need to be the person you could become. But it all starts with you recognizing your potential, your value, your worth. Because in that recognition, you realize how truly amazing you are. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Charlie Harari has been called the Malcolm Gladwell of emotional well-being. His unique ability to pull together the disparate strands of academic research, practical experiences, and deep spirituality have made him the man who integrates everything to create a practical guide to a better life. Charlie is going to be reviewing his amazing book, Unlocking Greatness, The Unexpected Journey from the Life You Have to the Life You Want. Welcome to my show, Charlie. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I cannot wait to talk about your book. I mean, my, my listeners may not know much about your backstory yet, but you have done so many amazing things and I can't wait for them to really connect with you. So this is going to be an awesome show. <laughs> thank you. Oh man, I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is great. So you have done, like I said, so much. So how did you know that you had an affinity for academic research and spirituality? I was, you know, the truth is I always had this piece of me uh-huh. that wanted to figure out more. Even uh-huh. when I was a lawyer and I was going through my career, there was always this moment where I was trying to figure out how things work. And lots of times when you try to figure out how things work, you have to sort of like find like, you forget this, like we have to like find like these rabbit holes of you uh-huh. go down this area and you keep on sure. reading and you're like, wait a second. I thought I, this was it. Well, maybe it's not. Let me keep yeah. going. I'm going. And what ended up happening is, you start reading it and then you start teaching it. Then you start being called to advise it. And then over the course of time, what happens is you get to a place where you start to share it with others because you're just excited about what you found and you want other people to know it as well. Yes. Yes. And that's, and obviously you've done an amazing job with that. This book, in fact, let's just transition to the book because I can't wait for my listeners to hear more about it. The book, Unlocking Greatness. How did you discover there was even a need for this? So it's a great question. And, and what I found is, so over the past you know, 10, 12 years, I have been lecturing more. I was teaching in a business school and I would get calls from people saying, Hey, listen, I heard you here, or I read this thing, or I saw this thing. Can I call you about this? And can I call you about this? And I was just sort of like fielding calls of advice, like throughout my regular business day. And it got to a place where I said to myself, there's a couple of common misconceptions that people have. Mm-hmm. And one of the most, I think, prevalent misconceptions that people have is that they think that greatness is outside them. Uh, They think they have to become it, that if they can just hit this grade or get this amount of money or get this amount of look or weight or this, whatever the thing is that they are being told or taught by their society, then they can feel that intangible feeling uh, of greatness. And this feeling of trying to capture something that is uncapturable frustrates people until Mm -hmm. they give up. Because it's really symbolized as some type of token economy. In other words, like you said, you have you have a title, you have money, you have an event that you did really well in. And so it's, it's a snapshot of something as opposed to a continuous part of one's life. Yeah, exactly. And, and what, what happens to your point, these tokens, as, as, as you mentioned, which is right, is you try to get them thinking that they will take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then when you get them, you're like, wait a second. 
I, this is supposed to feel a lot better. Like, yeah. you know, the first get you're like, hey, this is amazing. And then after like a couple of days, like the car sort of feels like a regular car, the mm-hmm. house sort of feels like a regular house, the trophy and the symbol and whatever it is. And there's some great research on this where they profiled, um, this is research by a man named Dan Gilbert, when they profiled sort of individuals who achieved something incredible in their career. They were uh, professors that achieved tenure. And they compared them against people that became paraplegic. So the experiences are so distinct and so disparate. So you can imagine when those two things happened, whether tenure or, you know, um, the, the, the accident, there was like a spike, you know, of either happiness or sort of mm-hmm. sadness. Sure. But what they found is that over the course of time, both parties went right back to their baseline. Oh, interesting. So it shows that a lot of what we're looking for, even if it's incredible or terrible, if it's out in the world and we're trying to get something, many times it's the token that doesn't make us feel the way we want to feel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that long-lasting uh, endurance, if you will. Exactly. That, that intangible bounce in our step, what I would call the greatness within us. And we want that. Yes. And I think humans are all the same and that this is what they want. It'll manifest as achieving this goal or that goal. It'll be different on the surface. Mm -hmm. So we may all look like we're different, but if you go one step behind the surface, you'll find that we're all exactly the same because we all want the same exact thing. And we all experience the same thing. The, the, um, the way in which it's experienced may be different, but the emotionality and the desires are all the same. It's a human, a basic human connection. Exactly. So as I was researching and discovering, what I found was that this misconception that it's outside us mm-hmm. is the greatest block. You see, once people realize that it's inside and it's not about becoming, it's about revealing mm. the game changer. That's a great distinction, sure. Let's quantify the word greatness. Everybody's gonna have a different connotation of what that word means. What does your book and your philosophy, how do you really measure that? Or how do you define that rather? So to me, greatness is a certain intangible feeling that when you go through life, you feel empowered. It's really a sense of greatness is the combination of the feeling of being empowered and the clarity of knowing that what you're doing is leading you down the road to that to greater empowerment. Mm. So it's almost not only the the passive feeling of empowerment, but it's that plus the application of your life. Because many times people have that feeling, but they don't know where to go with it. Sure. So it's an intrinsic feeling as well as an outward expression. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Mm, I like that. I, I do like that a lot. You know, you're talking about those mental barriers or mental obstacles. And I know your, your book discusses the, uh, the neuroplasticity of one's brain. Why don't we segue into that as far as how those mental blocks, how they reveal themselves and the way the neuroplasticity of the mind is able to really transform that? Sure. So, so the way neuroplasticity works, and this is to me the most important aspect of science out. I mean, this is a game changer. Yeah. And it's really, <laughs> it really is, yeah. it's not two years old. Uh-huh. There are and subjects on it. So it's not yesterday, but it's 20, 30, 40. Like it's not like, you know, common knowledge. Mm-hmm. The way your brain works is every thought that you have fires these sort of synapses in your brain and literally create neurological connections in your brain. Yes. So as we think, we are literally, not figuratively, we are literally reshaping parts of our brain by thoughts. And that's insane. It really is. It certainly is. Literally sit down and change your mind. And we have in the book research of people that in in some ways worked out in their minds and it had an impact on their bodies. Like Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. Yes. The sheer power of our brains that we don't fully appreciate. Mm -hmm. So you go through life, your life really, the experience that we call life really is just 
what happens around us as it passes through the control center called your called your brain. Mm-hmm. Now, if the control center is being determined and governed by your thoughts, that means if you can restructure your thoughts in a very specific way, you can not only change how you act, you can change how you process the world around you. Yes. And so much of our lives is based on how we process the world around us. Now, we all think that if you want to have a better life, you got to change the circumstances, right? If you want to have a better marriage, you got to convince your spouse to be a better <laughs> If they could just figure it out, it would be great. Sure. Right? If my kids would just realize that I'm the smartest thing in the world. Clearly. Right? Like, my boss would just walk in and say, oh, I don't know what I was thinking, but you should be running the company. Like, everything would make perfect sense. And we're just so convinced of that. Sure, like, yeah. And it, especially today when you look at, like, the world around us, everybody seems to stand up and say, guys, my way of seeing the world is the way. Like, what are you all doing? <laughs> and we don't realize that if you stop trying to control the world around you to change your circumstance and start trying to work on your mind, mm-hmm. on thoughts, on like we say in the book, your schema, mm-hmm. which is filter in which you process the world, you will have a different life experience depending on circumstances. And here's the best part. The way you interact with the world will change. And so it's like incredible, like counterintuitive way of working the world. Stop controlling out there. Start controlling self. Mm -hmm. You control self out there will usually figure it out. Sure. And what, what I usually teach my listeners are aware of is I, I come from a cognitive behavioral standpoint in the sense of our perception, our belief system determines what we feel. Our feelings determine what our body, how our body reacts. It's the same concept, but you're coming in from a different standpoint. Uh, but, but it's very similar in that respect as far as your belief system is really, or that cognitive schema is really going to determine <laughs> your quality of life in so many, so many ways. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's really the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. And what we have the story in the book about the Giants against the Patriots and how, you know, it, I really started to think about this years ago when I sat at this game, the Giant game, and I'm a big Giant fan. I mean, I mean back in the old days before the Patriots, like, you know, before the Super Bowl was what is now the New England Invitational, mm-hmm. right? Back then, <laughs> exactly. So, so back when, like, we really had the chance to, like, not like the Patriots, as opposed to, saying, okay, fine, you're the best team. You know, we had this major rivalry as Giants. Sure. And I remember. The, the moment where that 2008 Super Bowl where David Tyree had the catch and they won and the I was sitting at the, on the couch with, in New York with like everyone was going crazy and next to me was a buddy of mine from Boston and when I went home that night what dawned on me was we are very similar me and my friend like we are our wives are friends our kids are friends we live in the same community we, we're the same we're very similar and my experience that night was total joy and empowerment and his was total pain and disempowerment wow and it really really stuck with me. And you know, this is found throughout philosophy. This is found throughout science. This concept of how joy and pain, because if you think about it, we're looking at the same game at the same time in life. We're sitting on the same couch. We have the same, if you will, circumstances. Yeah. And all about that schema, that filter. Yes. And in my filter, I was born in in a city where they told me, these are your team and we're number one. And he was born in a different city. And just the distinction of our schema had such an impact on our filter and how we and our emotions to the point in which we had such distinct feelings. Yes. And that's getting me down the road of wait a second. Maybe the feeling of empowerment and feeling greatness and feeling good isn't when the world around me gives me what I want. Maybe it's me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a very, very good point. So what our, like you said, our, our schema of how we view everything and how we internalize everything is really going to determine how our life goes, the direction our life goes, the success we feel, the greatness you feel, if I can use your word. With all the people listening to this, some people may be like, well, I'm not in the Super Bowl or I'm not this or I'm not that. How do you really help everybody realize that greatness is in every single person? Because we obviously want the layperson, the whomever it may be, to be able to really recognize that they all have greatness as well. Oh, yeah. Great question. I'm so happy you asked it because I think that is the number one misconception. Mm. Again, oh, okay. you hit, nailed it. This is it. I mean, this is it. When people re- see the word greatness, mm-hmm. one of our other great societal misconceptions is that greatness is for the people on a pedestal. If you want to achieve greatness, usually you'll know it if they put a gold around your neck or a trophy in your hands or you hit a certain you know level of likes or follows or this. <laughs> we tell kids when they're little, if you want to be a great student, then here's the letter you got to look for mm-hmm. next year. If you want to, it's just this world that we live in that we're trying to figure out ways to measure each other. And so we just banter around sort of common, you know, sort of measurements. And it's really under the surface, untrue. It is untrue. It certainly yeah. is. Miss, some of the most miserable people are people that have lived a life where the world has told them they're great mm-hmm. and they're continuously hitting these benchmarks and they're not working internally. And as a result, they realize, I don't get it. I'm hitting these benchmarks and I don't feel it. The people, you see, greatness is an internal work ethic and Mm -hmm. it works by what's going on in your life. That dad who was working to put food on that table, that mom who was working to, to, for the, to put food on the table and to build a family, that spouse that's trying to look at the human being across them and say, I'm going to be more patient to think about you before me. These small moments of everyday individuals in their everyday lives that they look at and say, okay, I'm going to shift how I see the world. I'm going to push a little further past myself. I'm going to go beyond what the world tells me and more into what you need. And in the book, we have chapters on sacrifice and connection because the core of my intangible self is that I'm more than my body. Yes. And when I sacrifice that for you, I connect to you. It's in the everyday moments of life where you find your real greatness. And if you look at the people that have achieved greatness that we recognize, if you put it under, put them under a microscope, really their greatness is in everyday moments. Hmm. We just need to be watching them. Right? Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. You see, yeah, we usually just see them at their pinnacle of something, but they do the same thing every day, every moment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. The throw that won Super Bowl was the same exact everyday throw that this guy threw every day of his entire life. Sure. It's just now we're just watching him. And I have met, I'm sure you have met people that have lived lives of true greatness. And in this book, in the book, I have a chap, I have an exercise called the eulogy, because when you write your own eulogy Mm -hmm. in life, you start saying stuff, Hey, wait a second. Maybe I don't really care about what all these people think, but there's five people in my life that if they think this of me, that would be my greatness. It's, it's actually when you delve into true greatness, you start to go deeper into regularness you start to go into everydayness. You start to sort hmm. of close circle of people that you That's really brilliant. I like that. care about, right? And then you start to, and then once those people are you're sacrificing for, something amazing happens, right? You start caring less about the people that 
are, is outside that circle so that you can just actually give value and be you. And then those people start to say, hey, wait a second, that's some real authentic stuff. And you start becoming more successful. Mm. I really like that. I like how you, and these are totally my words. Um, I like how you normalize greatness in the sense of every moment is great instead of the accolades or the once again, that token economy that I mentioned earlier um, or that measurement of success where everyone's like, oh my gosh, look at, look at what he's done or look what he's, she's done. All of that is nice, but that's not greatness. That's just uh, people just happen to notice at that time. I really like how you create this in, a, in everyday life of that greatness mentality because it does raise the internal bar of, what, of how we view ourselves, but also how we interact with the world around us. And then should we receive accolades? Well, that's great, but that's not what we look for. That's not how we determine our value and our worth. What you said was exactly right. And thank you for characterizing it so succinctly. That's the point Mm. is when when, when we're living a life of true greatness and we focus on the people around us and we're sacrificing, we're pushing the bar of everyday life a little bit more every day. And we're using it in a way that now, because we know about our brains, because that's how the book opens, Mm -hmm. conditions it, right? We're conditioning our minds to push ourselves in every area of our lives. We stop fighting and caring so much about the accolades of strangers so that we because otherwise that that's how we were told to measure our greatness. But when we shift the definition and focus on mm-hmm. what's really not only do we feel better, we stop worrying about those accolades yes. and then we start getting the accolades. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's what they're for, right? People yes. people want realness, people want yes. authentic, people want people, <laughs> people want individuals to be their real selves. So what's happening is we live in a world where we're just sort of chasing something that we'll never get. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of stop and go, okay, let me focus on what's really great and then condition that in my mind. Then not only do we have what's valuable to us, we'll get the stuff that we had once thought was valuable. Yes. Because when you really think about it, the world itself, one day they're going to love you, the next day they're not even going to care about you. And so if we're continually chasing something that's external, it's very ephemeral. It's, it's, it's we may, like I said, we may have it for one moment, and the next moment, nobody cares who we are. You're yesterday's news and our value and our worth changes. So I, once again, I, I'm really, I love how practical, uh, not to minimize the what you've done, but the practical aspect of creating one's mentality to live a life of greatness every moment because that really changes the intentionality or the reasons why we do it, the motivation why we do it. And once we change the motivation, it is much more authentic. Right. And, 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 and in addition, and that's how the, the book opened with the story of my friend Dave, one of our great fears, I think, one of hu- the human being's great fears is you're fighting for what the world considers greatness, mm-hmm. and then you finally get it, and you realize that along the way, you sort of passed by all the people that you care most about, and now you're at the end of the journey. You're like, okay, I got it, everybody. And you look back and you're like, hey, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Where are all the people, like you said, that actually do care about me, that are actually the ones that I should have cared more about? And and that's that's a real fear. That's a real fear. And if you look at people that have a regret, and part of my research is sort of looking at testimonials of people that are either in um, that are that are suffering from. Uh, diagnoses and sicknesses that are potentially fatal and people that are at the end of their lives. Mm-hmm. And if you sort of look at the the common thread, there's this sense of, wait a second, the people that I cared most about that had I lived everyday greatness, I would have had a deep relationship with. Yes. Uh-oh, now I'm at the end of the journey and I've lost so much that I'll never get back, right? Yeah, I, that's where that regret comes in, sure. Yeah, my kid now lives out of the house and this happened and that happened and 
And it all it all really came from this from this lack of time and attention to thinking about what greatness means to me, what how it applies to my life. And this conversation that me and you are having right now, the people that are too busy for this type of discussion, that's really what it comes down to. Sure. It's too busy to spend the time thinking about what is it that I want most in life. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's really unfortunate because obviously this conversation is for everybody, but also for those individuals who are too busy. And we'll just continue to believe that one day they will hear this as well. But Charlie Ferrari, right. it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, listen to your radio show, your podcast, and to purchase this amazing book, Unlocking Greatness, The Unexpected Journey from the Life You Have to the Life You Want, where will they find this information online? Thank you so much. So yeah, if you go on uh, unlockinggreatnessbook.com, you'll be able to see everything there. And in fact, um, there's you know some pre there's some 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 uh, book related bonuses for those that want. Um, you could always Google it on Amazon, and of course, if you just Google my name, Charlie Harari, um, you come to the website. There's the podcast there, the book. Everything is sort of available um, for those that are interested. And 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 I thank you. I'm honored by the work that you do, and oh, thank you. you should continue to have success in all the wonderful things that you're doing. And I'm honored to be a part of it today on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Charlie. So my listeners also know this as well, that if you're not able to find Charlie's book in any of the uh, the bookstores, simply go to my store in jamesmillerlifeology.com and you can find Charlie's book, Unlocking Greatness, The Unexpected Journey from the Life You Have to the Life You Want. Once again, Charlie, thank you so much for your wisdom. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.